Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the show. My name's Tim Doyle, and this is Project Sports. Enjoy the show. Welcome to Project Sports. My name's Tim Doyle, and again today we have Brandon on the show, always coming back for a good time. What's going on, Brandon? How's it going? Glad hey, to be back. Say avos. Say avos, grusti. Yes. Oh, you know, just speaking a little German, the few things that I listened to him about. So, yeah, we were talking. We're going to get on this thing and talk about the NFL, a little EPO, a little bit of UFO information that's come out from the Joe Rogan podcast, you know, a little uh, sighting from the Navy and some photos that were released. So, yeah, we'll get into some of that kind of stuff. If you're looking into what we're getting into today, that's where we're going to go over. So I guess, I mean, the first thing we can tackle is the UFO stuff. I would have, Joe Rogan had a couple of guys on his uh, podcast talking about it. Uh, I guess people who have been involved with UFOs over the years. Uh, I'll butcher the name, and then Brendan will correct me how to say it. Yaquis Valet. Oh, no, it's French. What is it? How do you say There's that? There's no way I know how to say this name. No chance. <laughs> it's one of those common names. I, they, they did say the name, but I kind of forget it. Anyway, he's an old guy. He's been around a long time. And pretty much he goes out and he surveys uh, phenomenons that happen all around the world, not just uh, in France or the, the States, but all around the world. And the other guy, James Fox, is a film producer, and he made a movie about this entire thing. And they go on Joe Rogan and release this thing from the government. The only reason why we're talking about this is because some legitimacy to the government trying to come out with maybe some information and dropping knowledge. I mean, we're not going to sit here and talk about hoodwink stuff. This is, you know coming from our own government, U.S. government, saying, hey, uh, we're going to release some photos. And they actually they leaked. One of the, the photos was leaked. You can find it on, I sent you the link. What was that link called? Yeah, I think it's like the Guardian posted or something. Yeah, the Guardian post. And uh, what is it? About I know it's not the best news source, but it's, yeah, it's something with a photo, you know. In the fall, no, sorry, last spring, during the middle of the pandemic, they released the UFO that was the sighting that were released from the Navy videos, and they made all those videos available to us um, for the for people to see. And yeah, it's pretty interesting. Pretty interesting stuff. Look that stuff up. It's pretty cool. And obviously, with the monolith stuff going on, you know, who knows? You know, is the it's government insult to injury? Insult to injury? What you know? The government are they trying to you know just play hoodwink games on us? They have further technology they just don't want to tell us about, or is there another dimensional characters that are trying to come into play here? How does it connect with COVID and all that kind of fun stuff? Ah, what's your thoughts on it? Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. I think it's very, I mean, the Joe Rogan podcast, I, I mean, it's very interesting to watch this stuff. And the person that um, he had on definitely gave some valuable information. Do I know if UFOs or aliens are real? I don't know. But I mean, I would just say, like, watch that little small 12-minute clip of Joe Rogan and this uh, guy talking about the letter that he was reading from somebody. I'm not exactly sure, like, the exact names, of course. But I would definitely say watch this video and make your own assumptions because it's... I don't know, just like pulls into question, like what is really going on in the world? Are they hiding stuff from us? Where are we seeing, et cetera? I mean, you know, just gives me so much more questions without any answers. That's what I hate. And then like, of course, it just from what this guy says, if he's, if he's legitimate, which it seems to be he's uh, legitimate, that he, yeah, there's a lot more information out there to be had. Maybe he could give us answers that they know already, but yeah. Yeah. Uh, I was thinking the same thing, and when the government's now being open about, hey, we have a program, and they finally have let us know, hey, we have a program that actually, you know, looks into this stuff, UFO sightings, phenomenon, stuff like that, then, you know, 
things start to gain uh, traction. And so Marco Rubio heads like the organization and the government that leads this. You know, it's an actual political figure that's that heads it. So it's it is pretty interesting to find out. You know, whether it is just an, an advancement of technology they're not ready to release, or is there some funny business going on that they don't really understand and has they've been like this for years? Who knows? That's why I said, Brandon but said, the one look into it yourself because it's important for, you know, to keep uh, your eyes on things that are happening around the world. The one thing that you talked about, though, or that I wanted to hit on is that the president doesn't even have access to the information, which was crazy. Yes. Come on. Yes. That is, they talk about said. it on, on, on the podcast as well, and that is crazy. And it, I We know that there's different levels of security clearance, and, I mean, the highest one that we know of is what Majestic is what we've heard, the rumors of this one called Majestic and stuff like that. So what's higher than that and why the president wouldn't know? Uh, is there another layer of people that are running the world? And, you know, there's always been assumptions of this, but, you know, you'd think someone who's in control of all those things would at least know. Or are they playing stupid? Do they really all know about these things and they're just not speaking or talking about it? Who knows? But it's interesting to find out. But anyway, I guess we'll just transition to the NFL because we're just, you know, worthless humans that are on the low level of life and <laughs> we watch the NFL every Sunday. That's it. Hey, distraction. Watch the NFL here. So we got a list of games. Still entertaining. Still entertaining, of course. You know, modern day... Roman Coliseum, still going at it. We looked through the games this week, and one that really intrigued us was definitely the Titans and Browns matchup. I mean, we looked through some of the games. Some of them weren't that enticing. There were some implications of division um, uh, seating, placement, all that. Obviously, when you're getting towards the end of the season, that always happens. But the Browns and the Titans matchup really stuck out to us. We talked about it yesterday, today. And first thoughts right away, what do you think of both these teams coming in, Brandon? Do you think that the the Titans are, you know, far exceeding the expectations of what the season was, the Browns too, the same thing? And then I do have a little twist on the Browns, we'll get into it, but I want to hear more of your thoughts on this matchup and these teams. Well, as we know, I'm a big Browns fan since uh, a couple years now because I want to see the Browns do well. I mean, of course, you know, other implications with the Philadelphia Eagles doesn't matter. But um, I definitely think this is, could be a game that we could be seeing, like, in the AFC Championship, perhaps. Um, the Browns are really good. And I the same with the Titans. I mean, they just destroyed the Colts last week. I'm not going to give anything to the Colts because they also destroyed the Titans the other week. So maybe it was, like, a little bit of payback. But I don't know. This game could – it decides, like, two divisions. That's the problem because it's like, okay, if the Browns – I mean, okay, the Steelers pretty much ran away with the Browns division. I'm not exactly sure the names of their divisions. Sorry about that. But um, I definitely think it'll it'll show who's the better team out of these two divisions. And I think it could be a AFC championship game that you could be seeing today. Oh, could, be. To say. could be. Could um, be. Yeah, I mean, the, the Browns are great. The Cleveland Browns, man. I mean, I've been, you know, the past few years, I've been pretty critical of how they've kind of... Critical? <laughs> critical Timothy. is a word. I've been critical. <laughs> Heavily influenced to not like what the product is. I just don't That's like true. what I saw over the past couple of years. This year is definitely different for me. Um, they're quiet. They're not as in your face anymore, correct? I mean, tell me if I'm Yeah, wrong. I would agree. I agree with this, but I would like to say this could be because Odell Beckham is hurt. Which I want to get into because that's one of my main points is sometimes subtra subtracting a player like this can actually be helpful. And, you know, they had the pieces around them. That's why Odell Beckham Jr. for me, I mean, he went to – he was started with the Giants and now he's with the Browns. And in both situations, you never really get over that hump because of his big personality and – it, it wants it all to be about him, but we all know in football, it's a team, it's a 
if you want to be successful, it's a team sport, buying into the program, and everyone has to buy into it. Odell is a distraction. Yes, did he set a stage for all the wide receivers to come? Yes, he has. He, the last six, seven years, all the wide receivers, they all look up to him. It's without a doubt his, his uh, power on the game that he's had individually. And, you know, the stats he's put up, he's, he's played well. But there's also this part to where success within a team it could be detrimental if it's all about you. And and for me, the Cleveland Browns are finally showing some massive success. I mean, they're eight and three in a division where the other team is eleven and zero in the Steelers. And it's it's tough. And the Ravens could also be up there as well. The to Ravens, be honest, the Ravens are six and five. They're having a decent season. Obviously, not as good as last year, but um, they're they're over five hundred, which is good. It's a good division. It's always been a good division. It's very very tough to play within it. And, you know, for me going into this game, this will be huge. This is a huge matchup for them because the Titans are also eight and three and the Titans have done very well for themselves uh, throughout this year. And they have some up and down moments, but they've, they've played great and they've got a swagger and an attitude, even playing against the Ravens that really took it to them. And we could see that again coming against the Cleveland Browns. But uh, we talked about yesterday, we're, we have to tune into this game. We have to watch it. We have to see the outcome. And, you know, it would be really telling to me is if one of these teams, whether it goes one way or the other way, I'm sure it will probably most likely end up being close. But if one of these teams just blew out the other one, had so much swagger and just really proved themselves. And I think this could be a coming out party for the Cleveland Browns. To be oh, like, hey, please. Let's <laughs> if we smash the Titans, it would be very telling, obviously. So both teams and even with the Titans, vice versa, if they do the same thing to the Browns, you know, we're not just some low level, low level team that's just here. You know, we're legit. And I think that both teams have proven that. But they have a real opportunity to go up against a tough squad that both have good years. And, yeah, that's pr- pretty much my thoughts on, on the Titans and Browns. So the rest of the matchups here, I mean, we got Falcons and Saints. I mean, the Falcons are really kind of out of it. Uh, and then the Saints are 9-2. and two. They have a good Are they mathematically out of it? They're not mathematically out of it, I don't think. But they're 4-7. and seven. And the dream stays alive, Tim. The dream, the dream stays alive. <laughs> I think after this week, they could be mathematically out of it. I'd have to check on the standings, but they, they don't seem like they're going anywhere far. And there's rumors everywhere swirling around what Matt Ryan will go or do or you know leave the Falcons, which will be – he's been there for a long stint. Um, but I would definitely take the Saints in this matchup just because the Falcons always usually give them a good game, but there's just something wrong with this Falcons team this year. They're just not producing at a, even a, a decent level where they can be competitive in a divisional matchup like this. But, uh, yeah, so, I mean, pick pick whichever one you want, but Saints for me all the way. Uh, I want to watch the Patriots and Chargers game, which I'll be watching tonight as well. Starts at uh, 9 o'clock for me over here in the U.K., but this game, not only do I want to watch the Patriots, hopefully that they win, but I do want to watch Justin Herbert play. Um, I'm not a Chargers fan or anything. I just like young talent. Herbert has done really well this season so far. The Chargers have been decently successful they're not the, the best team but they've been decently successful um as far as you know looking towards the future they they have a three and eight record but uh they they show some signs of light with where they're going with their franchise and, and herbert is a big part of that so i'm excited to see a young quarterback play um and hopefully the patrons can get the dub either way uh what do you think about your eagles this week brandon going against the the, the green bay packers you know packers are eight and three you guys are three seven and one you're pretty much trash so um, you think you're going to get smoked or you think that there's a chance that you can disrupt uh, Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers? Well, judging by last week when they played the Seattle Seahawks, uh, 
the score line was very misleading because if you watch the highlights, they threw a touchdown at the last second of the game to make the score look respectable. And it was pretty much a blowout all night. So, um, yeah, it's going to be a long night in Philadelphia. Yeah, probably, most likely. And I guess we'll yeah. cir- circle back to the uh, the Patriots versus the Cardinals game. Um, that was a very impressive win by the Patriots, if I might add. Um, as far as the offense, obviously, you know, they did they did their job. They weren't, you know, crazy amazing. Um, but ho- holding Kyler, Kyler Murray to 170 yards, no touchdowns and one interception, I mean, that's that's pretty good. Kyler is a really good player. He's just young, fun talent to watch, and a lot of teams have really, really struggled with him. But, you know, there's Belichick again taking away their best player and was, was successful at it. Cam Newton on the I other mean, end didn't score as well. So, you know, it is what it the is. The issue is I have with the Patriots is, is, you know, they're really – they're not a bad team, but they're just in like an awkward situation because, you know, they lost a lot of close games that they probably could have won. Mm-hmm. And now it's like, I mean, it's just a case of unlucky is what I want to say. But like the the last four games of the season, you know, Rams, Dolphins, Bills, Jets. Okay, like, whew, good luck. Well, good I, luck. Yeah, well, I mean, you could beat the Chargers. The Rams is going to be a tough matchup. Dolphins is a divisional matchup. And yeah, the rest of the games, the rest of the season, division division matchup. So, I mean, it's doable. I think the two big games are the, the Rams and the Bills for them. And if they can get over those humps and maybe squeak out a win, I mean, you could potentially see them in the playoffs. But I, I just don't think it's a team. Oh, oh you potentially see, yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, obviously, if they win those <laughs> games, but it, it's going to be tough. It's going to be a tough road. I, as I call it, the path. You know, the path to the playoffs. But even if you make the playoffs, I just there's nothing w- within me that I look at the other Titans in the league and say. You know, they're going to beat the this Chiefs. The AFC alone. Yes, the AFC alone. They're not going to beat the Steelers. They're not going to beat the Chiefs. Unless they in the Titans. They're just, they're, they're some good football teams and, and well coached and all that. And I just don't think you have the strength uh, to overcome that week after week. If you had to play three playoff games just to make the Super Bowl, it's going to be really tough. It's, it's just not something that, that's going to happen, most likely. So I guess we can transition just to the EPL because. I mean, that's pretty much it for football. We're really only looking forward to that Titans and Browns game. There's not too many crazy matchups that are, so are, that, are that great this week. It was really trash. Like, we looked at it, we're like, there's just a lot of trash matchups that don't really matter. I wish some of the good teams were actually playing each other, but it is what it is. Maybe we'll get an upset. We can talk about it, you know, this week. Um, so we'll tr- transition to the English Premier League and maybe some little La Liga, some Bundesliga, but we could talk about it. Champions League uh, wrapped up. Are all the games wrapped up for the, the group stage? They're all done, yeah? Uh, I th- I can't remember. I thought there was one more game to be played. Or it could already- be. No, I guess. Not sure. Not sure. Well, we'll start with the EPL. Sure. Um. Oh, yeah. We we got match day. We're at match day eleven, and we've already had a few games yesterday, and we got some more games today. Um. Uh, big matchup between. What do you see? Chelsea took out Leeds. Man United took out West Ham. But uh, Everton seems to be coming back down to earth a bit, and they they tied with Burnley. They dropped down to the table a little bit. <sighs> And uh, Man City ca- capitalizing on, uh, what do you call it, and, um, some lower-level teams, Fulham. They got a W there, and they're, they're back in it. I mean, they're, they're back up at the, the fifth spot in the table, which I presumed would happen, that they'd, they'd battle back. Leicester uh, on a, a win streak, three-game win streak here, and hopefully making their way up the table as well. But it's really tough at the top. I mean, this positioning of uh, Chelsea, Tottenham, Liverpool, Man United, Man City, and Leicester. I mean, there you go. The top six. I mean, right we called right. Chelsea. You call it you, Chelsea? What were you saying? We called them. We, call, we yeah, called we, it. We did call Chelsea. Chelsea's in the lead. Obviously, 
Uh, some of the other teams have to play their 11th game, so we'll see what happens. But Chelsea being in the top three, right now they're at the top spot, but uh, we'll see what happens with Liverpool and Wolves. Uh, that's a huge matchup today. Um, that should be a good game. Uh, what's his name from Wolves? Got seriously injured and fractured a part of his skull. The lead striker there. Was it Jimenez? Yes, Jimenez. Um, I mean, that's that's a big really? blow. Yeah, he fractured his skull. Um, okay, he's like one of their top players. Yeah, he's 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 the best striker. Uh, he's he's unbelievable talent, good player, um, spirit of the franchise. So now talking about Diego Jota going to Liverpool and then you know losing Jimenez. I mean that's that's a lot for them. But the Wolves are really well run. They've got a lot of good players and a lot of Portuguese players that are playing well for the coach. And I still see them making a run and making a push for that top five if they can. I'm not saying they will, but they'll definitely fit within the top ten by the end of the year. Surprising for me is Everton took a little backsliding just a bit from their great start. But like I said, I think they're coming back down from planet, you know, whatever planet they were on because they've, they've taken four L's now and they got two draws. And yeah, it's just uh, I think the, the, the top <laughs> back team. Back to reality for them. Yeah, back to reality because the, the top talent is so strong. Even if the ads, Man United has, has done well, they've struggled, but, you know, they're still a really good team. I, this week, I don't know if you saw Pogba's goal, but outside the box, maybe, you know, 25, 30 yards out, just one strike off a pass that came down actually from the keeper. So the keeper uh, rolled out to his right, smashed the ball all the way up the wing to the right winger, and then the right winger just dragged the ball across the field, hit it to Pogba in the middle. Pogba one times from 30 yards out and nails it. Cur- he curves the ball always perfectly. proves why he's one of the best. Yeah, and, and a lot of people don't understand. It's just like it's like Fabinho, too. It's the same style. He's you know, play, playing in the back, help distributing all the time, all the time. You kind of forget about him, but you don't realize it. it's like Fernandinho for uh, Man City as well. You know, And then they, make, they score these crazy goals every once in a while. And you're like, oh, yeah, he's still there. But they do a lot of the legwork that people don't want to do and the massive talent working the ball from the midfield, working it back and giving it up to the scorers in the front. So it's it's a lot. Um, and we got to give those guys some credit for what they do. But my Liverpool, man, they're going to come in and hopefully beat the Wolves today and then take that top spot from Chelsea and maintain greatness as they once did. But it's a long road for them, for sure. They've, they've sustained a lot of injuries, and a lot of their players are, are hurt. Van Dijk obviously being the biggest name out. And, uh, and staying at the top really gives them – I mean, come on, you have to give them some credit. Yeah. I have to say it. Yeah, I mean, yeah. it happened to it happened to Manchester City. You know, they got all their back four got hurt. Then what happens? They just drop a bunch of places, and it just really shows that they have no bench. I mean, their bench is good, but it's not good enough. Yeah, the young talent that's being bred in Liverpool is they've they've got a lot of pieces that they can just plug in and go. And then obviously their backups are they work well with the team, the chemistry. No, we talk about this. This is why Liverpool is successful: is the team chemistry is just unreal. So I mean, what can you say? You know. We're going to move to the more, to be honest. Champions League and just take a look yes. at some of these fixtures, these uh, these games that they had. I mean, uh, Liverpool complained a little bit about, you know, just the the times and slots of the games, and but yet they overcame and they won their group. And, uh, yeah, so you got Bayern and Atletico Madrid waiting for Group A. Uh, oh, come on. You got to say, I don't know, the, the German team from Bundesliga was the one, the one that starts with the M. Uh, Borussia Mönchengladbach. Yeah, there it is. <laughs> <laughs> and then Shakhtar, and then Real in third. Um, uh, I know that there's one game left. There's one game there's, left. I did there's check it. One there's one game, game left. Yes, there is. Um, and then Group C, you got Man City, Porto, Olympiacos are in contentions. 
Uh, Man City and Porto seem like they're probably going to take that handily. They got 13 points and 10 points. <laughs> it's not, it's not a competition there. <laughs> but uh, yeah, Liverpool took took the group already. And they got Atlanta and Ajax that kind of dropped off a bit. I mean, you make the Champions League, you're a good team. So I can't really say dropped off a bit. But Ajax, we, you and I were hoping maybe they'd just become sort of like a, a powerhouse, but they kind of come down. And just been no, this. they would have been a powerhouse if all their players didn't get bought by big clubs, which yeah, is okay because soccer. True. I don't know why I said this. I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> <sighs> they would have been. And we moved on to Group E with Scott Chelsea and uh, Sevilla. I think that's how you pronounce that Portuguese team, right? Is it a Portuguese or no, Spain? Spanish. Spain? Spain, yeah, La Liga. Yeah, Group what do we got? Group F, Dortmund. Oh, thank goodness. Lazo, Club Bruges, and Zent. Oh, I just I need Dortmund to win. They, they've got 10 points. I'm pretty sure they got this wrapped up with one game to go. And then you got yeah, we'll see. Barcelona and Juventus, which they're going to be playing against each other in the next match. Um, that should be awesome. I mean, everyone wants to see Cristiano Ronaldo and Messi play against each other. I mean... Correct me if I'm wrong, but the last game um, against each other in the Champions League, uh, Cristiano Ronaldo didn't play against Barcelona because he, he had coronavirus. Oh, that's right. That's right. That's right. So everyone's really looking so, forward to this. I just, One of these. Great uh, yeah, I hope there's lots of goals. Like, screw the defense and the keepers. Let's just, let's just get some good <laughs> goals from both sides. Who cares about who cares about real football, you know? Let's, let's just get some a Juve win, you know? Let's go. That's what I need. Oh, man. Yeah. I mean, Barcelona, I mean, who knows? They lost to some no-name, so... Exactly. I like a lot of the Juventus players. It's the only Italian team I like, so that's that, that's a Juventus win for me. Hopefully they can pull it out. And then that, that game will decide who wins the group too, so that'll be telling. Um, but I think they also have to score a few more goals. Juventus will have to score about four or five goals against them. <laughs> so we'll see. And then we got Group H, which is a, a pretty good group of PSG, Man United, Leipzig. And they all have nine points going into the final match. And what is it? Whoever I, I don't know who's playing Istanbul for the next matchup, but that's there. So lucky. Um, PSG's playing is, yeah, Bajik, was it Bajiktas? Oh gosh! Imagine if we saw an upset there. I do not want to see this because I really want PSG to be uh, in the mix for the the knockout stage for sure. So hopefully, I mean, crazy okay, happens. but who's gonna? Be- our, okay, first of all, we have to just make this statement very clear. RB Leipzig is a great team. Yes, they just drew oh. with Dort. They just drew with Bayern Munich. But I hate that we're I'm curious so who's going to take this game. No, I so again. I'm, I hate that we're agreeing so much, but obviously Leipzig is the team we want. You know, screw United, get them out of there. Oh, you know? <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. But I mean, they just drew with Bayern Munich, so you never know. Like it could come down to goal differential, and if that was the case, then obviously I mean United takes it. So if there's a draw that comes out of that, I mean Leipzig has to win the game. Yes, they have to win, it's and I it, and I feel like that that team will be the one to pull it out. Cause you you see a lot of what? teams once, yeah, Leipzig. Uh, you think I mean they're definitely they should pull it out because a lot of the, I, I my feeling towards like PSG United when they are in a situation like this when you're in a, a group stage people get nervous and they want they play it safe and they want to play defensively they don't want to go too forward and maybe get a you know a one nothing win or a zero zero tie depending on the other matchup. So depending on who whose matchup comes first and where that's being played, sometimes dictates how the game plan goes. And that's where I think RB Leipzig can really take advantage of the situation. Being in that third spot, even though they all have nine points, is really playing to their benefit because all they got to focus on is like, we got nothing to lose. You know, we don't make it. You know, we'll make we'll make the Champions League again. We've, we've been here multiple times. We'll probably make it again, you know. And they're looking to go to the knockout stage. It's just a little bit less pressure for them. PSG, United, 
all the pressures on them to get out of the group stage. All of it. I mean, that's you have some of the best players in the world on those teams. You're expected to. So that's where the pressure falls. I mean, yeah, Leipzig is doing quite well in the Bundesliga also, I must say. So, I mean, I could I could definitely see it's it's just the powerhouses of all leagues right there in that group. I'm sorry, I have to say it. Bundesliga, RB Leipzig standing at number two. PSG, of course, is number one. And we just talked about Manchester United at number three in the EPL. So it's just like those are some huge, there's some heavy hitters in that in that group. It is. So, I mean, that's you got to rely on it. So we, we're going to talk about uh, the La Liga too as well. Um, oh, this has to be said. Oh, my goodness. Said. I mean, What's it's going on with Barcelona. It's, it's very uh, strange waters with Real and Barcelona, but obviously Real's still sitting at third, Madrid, and Barcelona's down at eight, but they lost a huge game um, to a nobody team. I can't even begin to say that name for yeah, Fernand <laughs> Fracos, uh, whatever. But they lost. Yeah. I mean, actually, that's not the team they lost to. They lost to Cadiz 2-1, to one, which is... Uh, just Barcelona. I'm not. I'm not used to this. I'm not used to seeing Barcelona struggle so much within their own uh, within their own league. I mean, they've dominated for years, and so is, is Real Madrid. And they, the thing is, they've got on paper supposedly this massive talent, and yet it's not. It's not translating to uh, reality. And I, we talked about in a lot of the leagues that we feel like that a lot of the playing field is leveling out, and it's leveling out players across the spectrum. And there are still Titans, but not like there used to be. It wasn't like back in the mid-2000s and even up until around 2013, 2014. But we've seen this massive shift in players from all over the world. Uh, things really level out with play and, and development and much more talent. I mean, there's talent everywhere. And I think it's more competitive and it's better for all the leagues to be like this. And I, I think it's great because you're, you're seeing higher quality soccer in every game that you watch now. You know, it's not just the best of the best on just Real or Barca. Because, I mean, back you know when I was younger and those teams used to dominate in the um, in the Champions League. I mean, they'd go into those matches knowing that they were already going to win. Like, the, Manchester United could never, you know, beat them. And now you've got German teams and, and English Premier League teams going into a match sometimes, not even just winning, but winning handily with comfort. And then having PSG yeah. in the French League come up, same thing. It's like, you know, they're they're – doing really well and I think it's good for Champions League overall to make the quality better. You don't always know who's going to win. And obviously Cristiano Ronaldo going to Italy, I call it saving Italy because Italy's kind of fell off a bit within the Champions League. They used to be powerhouse teams with AC Milan and Juventus was always good, but they had more teams enter Milan that would that would pose a threat within the Champions League and now it's kind of fallen off a bit. So Cristiano really going to Italy kind of saved them. Any thoughts on the matter? Yeah, I mean, I, I really like to see, of course, you know me, I like to see like a level playing field and I really don't like when a bunch of people go to the same club and, you know, just like create a massive team that just like destroys everybody. And I really thought this would be occurring with um, Barcelona when they picked up all these people from like, uh, they picked up the kid, the Dutch kid from Ajax. And I was like, wow, okay, this is going to, this is ki- yeah, no, uh, yeah, yeah, I think that's his name. I can't remember. Yeah, yeah. He's a midfielder, but. I mean, you know, they picked up a lot of players from all these uh, small teams that are really, really good. And it's just like, okay, your guys are buying every single good player from every good team. It's like, we know you have a lot of money. Like, come on, you know. But to see, like, Leipzig do well, I mean, keep in mind, Leipzig's not an old team. Okay, I want, if I mean, if anybody knows the history on Leipzig, to see them, like, being even in contention is, like, out of this world. Because Leipzig was, like, two teams put together and they just, like, um, the Red Bull, like, kind of company. 
put this team together and now they're like doing really well even their best player left Timo Werner so it was like it's super good to see them do well so this is why I, you know I'm a BVB fan but it's good to see Leipzig perform well because mm-hmm. you know Bayern Munich has this really long history this is why like a lot of Germans don't like them it's because they have no history they they just were just randomly built and it's like yeah we're just going to make Leipzig here it is new city put them on the map but to see the teams like this you know the whole weight shift it's it's great i have to say it even in epl i love it to see other teams at the top because it's like finally some normality in sports because i don't i mean i like dynasties but i don't like seeing them you know yeah i just want new people to win new players to come up people to stay at their teams people to like want to enjoy playing for you know a smaller team like you know david silva going to this real sociodad i don't if I, I don't know if i'm pronouncing that right whatever yeah yeah but they're number 2 in la liga and it's just like this is great. This is seeing that is great for La Liga or Barcelona losing. It's like, oh, this is uh, bringing back normal. It's just, it's just great. I have to say it. Yeah, it evens the playing field it. for sure. Absolutely. And it develops a, a good market for other players to be paid and go to different clubs and have other teams actually have a history of winning and winning cup yeah. games and brings more diversity into it. But all right. So let's just, I'm going to ask you this question. What's your way too early pick for Champions League champion? So who, who are you? Let's say I'll, I'll give you three teams that you think that have the, the best potential of winning. It's a long way off, way too early, but just let's let's have some fun with this. I'll give mine first if you want, because I do. Yeah, have some this teams. would be a lot better because I am very bad at choosing uh, <laughs> usually. But please go ahead, be my guest. <laughs> so for, so for me, um, I I do think that PSG has what it takes. I think they're they're coming back from you know a losing to Bayern and. Uh, they are coming back with haste. You can see it in the the spirit, the way that they're fighting, some of the off uh, season moves that they made, and they're they're very talented. They're in a tough, they're in the toughest group at the moment, and I think that they're really going to overcome that. I think Cristiano Ronaldo and Juventus has a really good chance um, to to win it. Um, a couple things would have to go their way. They don't have as great a chance as PSG, and then obviously for me, the reigning champions, Bayern is my third option, where Bayern is. Pretty much the same team plus Sané. And you pretty much just said that they got better from last year. And they're dominating. They play well. And not only that, they play well when it matters. Big games. And they've proven to us that last year with the current team that they have, and normally when Bayern starts to play well, they continue to play well at the highest level. So they won Champions League last year. I can see them making another run. That would be my other choice, my way too early pick of the Champions League. Any thoughts? Yeah. Yeah, uh, you know, I, I'm just like, you know, having a look at the, He's so nervous. the teams in the Champions League. And <laughs> yeah, it's it's tough. It's tough. No, because, you know, I, I don't like I stopped um, choosing people because, you know, I always choose wrong. And I just like keep it in the back of my head who I think is going to do well. But if I had to like be perfectly honest, you know, I think I, I'm sorry. Like Bayern Munich is so good. They're so good. Yes. And, you know, I'm not just like a bit, you know, everyone knows probably that listens to this podcast by now that I'm a huge Bundesliga fan, whatever. I'm, I hate Bayern Munich despite them because they just steal all Dortmund's talent. Okay. I want to make this very clear. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Lewandowski was a Dortmund player. Okay. Agreed. It's important. That's great. However, <laughs> yeah. However, I think they're just, it's, I think that the teams that have the chance would be Chelsea, Bayern Munich, Liverpool. This mm. would be my, well, that's good. Those and the only choices. reason why I would put Liverpool number three. Say again? Those are good choices. But the only, okay, but the only reason why I have to like put Liverpool at the last spot is because you know I don't think they can make it without Van Dyke. I'm honest. I think he he's it's it's not that he's a really great player. I just think how he commands the team is very important. And him not being there will be tough. 
Yeah, because, well, yeah mean, he might not be the captain of the argu- team, but he's, he's someone that's like he's arguably the best center back in football or was at the time. So you're, you're removing him. That's yeah. why that's why I didn't put him in uh, Liverpool in my top three. Yeah. But I can understand why you would. You can make a case yeah. for it. So therefore, I would agree. So, but I, if I have to be honest, like I would love to see like a Bayern Munich Chelsea final. This would be like my dream come true, or a Bayern Munich Dortmund. But Dortmund can't even beat um, some no name teams. So really far-fetched for me to say like a team that i like so i just wouldn't agree juventus i like i like your pick on juventus but i would say that i just don't think they have it they have it i don't think they have enough and i really would like to see cristiano ronaldo win at juventus because it just would like solidify him as being like one of the greatest of all time i say one of the greatest because you have to look at every generation on their own and they're and same like the comparison messi and ronaldo they're two different players doesn't matter two different play styles but yeah so i'm saying bayern munich i have to go with it bayern munich Final I like answer. it. I like it. All right. So, yeah, Byron, we're both on the same page there. It's definitely both our top teams of, you know, analyzing. Man City has to prove to us in a knockout stage that they're not going to throw up all over themselves before I ever, I ever pick on. them. It's just not going to happen. I'm, I'm very much like this in my decisions. I, until you prove to me that you can do otherwise, I'm, I'm not going to pick you. It doesn't matter how great of a team I think you are because the players individually on that team are unreal. But I'm not going to pick Man City just because they're Man City. I, I've seen you throw up on yourself too many times. One too many times. They have been searching for a defense for the last two years. The search party has left. They've never left, came home. Never came home. They're still out there with flashlights looking for it, and they can't find it. Batteries may be dead. Yeah, batteries may be dead. And so, good night if they try to go against one of the top teams. And that's, yeah, what, that's Juventus, what you have to do. It's over. It's over. Barcelona, they're going to beat them. Liverpool, it's their kryptonite. You know, they yeah. go up against. Oh, I wish Spurs was in here because then they definitely lose. <laughs> they always, I mean, to be honest, to you know, Bayern, Manchester City getting rid of Sane. I mean, of course, Sane didn't want to play under Pep. Who knows why? Probably big spat, whatever. But this was like, okay, you just minus fifteen from your team. That's what happened. Minus fifteen points. Yeah, Sane was a huge, you, oh. huge piece that helped them be extremely successful. That you always had to worry about on that wing, and now he's gone, and he's playing with the Bayern, the other top team, and. We were watching highlights for them play and watching the matchups. He looks so good. He just fits right and, in. And also, like, the viewers have to understand, that, you know, Leo Rossani comes from Germany. He comes from um, Essen. I know it's just, like, a funny name. It's right across from Dortmund. But, of course, he wants to go play from uh, for Bayern Munich because he speaks German. He's a German national player. Like, that's his dream, I'm sure, as a young kid. He played for the city that he grew up in, Schalke 04, or Schalke 04, sorry. And in Bayern Munich now. So it's like, it's a dream come true for him and I know it. And I know that's why he decided to go at the end of the day because it's like, hey, I play for Bayern Munich. I play for Germany. Like I play for the best team in the country that I live. Absolutely. You, you know, yeah. you have to give it to him. Exactly. All right. Well, I think we're going to wrap this episode up. Um, if you guys like the soccer talk, if you go over to Monolith Madness, an episode we released a couple weeks ago, um, that's got more Premier League talk. And then also it dives into the Euro a little bit, our thoughts on the upcoming Euro this summer. And I've also got a few other podcasts that came out. There were Saturday specials, the Rustic Creations by Catherine, and then also Cycling Across the United States, which is actually my brother who did this back in 2010. Uh, And these are just two Saturday special ideas that we came up with to, you know, really promote something positive uh, within the local community, especially during the time uh, that we're dealing with now and with COVID. But Rustic Creation gets into um, just uh, making... Uh, local business and supporting it and then also uh, my brother who uh, was a part of that uh, trip across the country I'm not going to give you really what it's all about but um, the really really cool episodes and um, also uh, both Brandon and I um, we have dealings with Ruster Creations and it's a it's a great uh, great 
program and business that we support. And thank you guys so much for listening to this episode of Project Sports. You guys have been amazing. And thank you for all the listens and the consistency. I also shout out to the new the new little logo I made. Um, I put some really good thought, time, and effort into that, um, updated you know, the color scheme and all that. I did that because I'm getting consistent listeners, so therefore I wanted to make my product better and more visually stimulating when you see it. And I still kept the same um, uh, format font. That's what I was, the word I was looking for, the same font. And it should look much spiffier, nicer. So Project Sports got a little bit of a facelift. But thanks again, Brandon, for coming on the show. Really appreciate it. I love being here. Love oh, yes. Chance. You know, it's... And I think that, you know, life's likes coming back, right? It's going to come back soon yeah. in a couple of weeks. Coming back soon. I just, I just been swamped with homework. I know. Yeah. You got to do what you got to do, you know? You got you got to yeah, focus yeah. on and keep your eye on the prize. But, uh, you know, I might make an appearance on the Life's Like podcast where I can kind of sit back and just do my thing and be with Brandon. But, Brandon, as always, thank you for coming on Project Sports to help us out over here. Make sure that this gets done. And I really appreciate it. Also, fans of the show, find me on Facebook, Instagram, Project Sports, and on Instagram is Project Sports Pod. We out. Hey.